episode of Confessions of a Rock and Roll Cameraman. I am your host, Pat Canavan, in conversation with rock and roll cameraman, Tony Wanamaker. Hey, Pat, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> awesome, man. Donald Duck mug. Donald Duck, we got a ship. I'm wearing the this, the hat from the uh, HMCS Ojibwa, which is a submarine. A submarine. And but That's Tony, another story. It's a nautical theme today, kind of. Nautical theme, but we're talking about Queen. We're talking about Queen. Freddie Mercury, right? Brian May, Roger Taylor. The band Queen and not the woman Queen. <laughs> yes, and not Her Majesty. And so yeah. you got to, uh, well, you get to meet all sorts of rock stars. I mean, it's part of your job to go out and see rock stars. And and you got to see Queen. Now, yeah, man. And you got, this is uh, innuendo. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, how did you get that disc? Well, this is from 1991, Pat, and yeah. a guitarist gave me this, as a matter of fact, or I stole it from his room, I'm not really sure. I think he gave it to me. Thank you, Brian. Brian May, one of the world's greatest guitarists, gave me this. And uh, that was the, sadly, the last album that Freddie Mercury would record. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. now, how did you get to meet Brian May and the guys from Queen? Yeah, uh, I guess, again, rock and roll serendipity. Uh, I was assigned to go to uh, a big bash on the uh, West Coast in Long Beach, California. Okay. And it was on board the Queen Mary, the ship. So, the Queen Mary. Now, imagine this, folks. This is about 300 meters, right? Okay. Same kind of size. The Queen Mary's a little bit bigger. Add another 100 uh, meters to it, maybe. Or, uh, I should say, yeah, another 30 meters to it. Okay. And... Uh, and about 30% wider. So actually, an easier uh, analogy, think of the Titanic and add 30% to its midsection. That's how big this vessel was. We were going to go and attend a $200,000 party. On the Queen Mary? <laughs> yes, man. Oh, for, yeah. for Queen? Yeah, man. Oh. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, so we're going to celebrate Queen on the Queen Mary. How apropos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason we were there... Uh, a new company started, Hollywood Records. So uh, at the behest of uh, Michael Eisner, who was the CEO, chairman of Disney Corporation, okay. he hired this lawyer, Peter Paterno, right, sure. to uh, run Hollywood Records because they wanted something a little more revolved, a little more risque, a little different than maybe the Disney audience. Yeah, so break out of that Disney box. 100%, Pat. Burst, burst the yeah. Disney bubble a little bit. So he paid him a small sum of $10 million dollars Right? The band, they paid him $10 million to buy their 14 album catalog at the time. No way. $10 what you, million. Dollars. What do you think that'd be worth today, Pat? Oh, $150? $150 million? Easily. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. The, the catalog alone. So what year yeah. was this? This was uh, uh, 91. I was there with Mike Williams. Okay? Love Mike Williams. Mike and, Williams. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And a year earlier, they started this company, Hollywood Records. Right, yeah. so this was the anniversary, and this I guess this was their big coming out party of, hey, we've got Queen. Huge, man. Yeah. I remember back on the ship uh, a couple of things, Pat. Like, I heard Lisa Marie Presley was there, and you know I'm a fan, looking around, I couldn't find her. Kept bumping into Sex Pistols, guitarist, uh, what is it, Steve Jones, kept running okay. into him. Uh, all kinds of people. I'm going to let Elizabeth focus in on this. But the theme was a lot like the cover of this, right? You know, you've got these jest court jesters and they're, 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 they're doing all kinds of Cirque du Soleil tricks on the ship and some oh, of them really? spinning orbs and all that. Really quite uh, interesting. It, it, it did resonate a bit with Cirque du Soleil. It was awesome. And then they invited us out. And I'm going to take this away from you. 
Elizabeth, and we'll put this back. So they invited us out on the forward deck. Actually, I stand corrected. We are on the stern area of the uh, uh, Queen Mary, and they have fireworks display. Now, when Disney puts on a fireworks display, you can bet it's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've been down there for one of their displays, and it's incredible. Totally incredible. So they did it for five minutes and 55 seconds. You know why, Pat? Why? That's how long Bohemian Rhapsody is. They did a fireworks display. (laughs) To Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, my God. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah, man. That would have been awesome. So you're on the ship. Yeah. And are they launching the Innuendo album? Is that is that the whole idea? A hundred percent. And now, folks, okay, of a certain age, I just want to say that's a CD, okay? And I love it. Pat earlier eloquently described that. That's one of these. It's a vinyl record that's melted, right, down to a singularity. And that rainbow color <laughs> comes out in one of these, a compact disc, folks. And you get the most awesome cover for it. Now, on that ship, they were presented with a gold record for this album. For that, for innuendo. Yeah. yeah, and what was really cool is that I've seen all sorts of, of of presentations, and they're usually vinyl. And this was the first time I saw a CD, a gold CD, presented to somebody. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. did it do that well? Did it did it hit? Um, gold? It hit thirty on the Billboard chart, so it was gold. It would it would be the last gold record that uh, Freddie Mercury would participate in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because that yeah. was his last album. But I got to hear Bohemian Rhapsody earlier, so, a couple yeah. of days ago. Before you were on the Queen Mary. Yeah, so the preamble, if you will, was I got to go to the Sunset Marquee. Now, earlier discussions Pat and I have had, I talked about meeting Robert Plant there. How cool. And the Sunset Marquee is the place to be if you're a rock and roll star. It certainly is the place to be if you're a rock and roll star. (laughs) Yeah. And, um... Yeah. yeah, because yeah, yeah and and uh, Plant wasn't the only guy you met there. Well, I think uh, I think uh, Aerosmith, uh, Steve Tyler described it a- a- appropriately. He said it's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, but it's cool because it's right off Sunset Boulevard. It was always close to Tower Records, which is really cool <laughs> if you like retail vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I walk into his uh, his his posh little cabin. Um, his baby grand piano was recessed in another room. Okay. Who, who's baby grand piano? Brian May, the guitarist of Queen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so you're, um, okay. So let me get my, my head around this. Thank you, Pat. So mm-hmm. you're. We started off. You're at the boat, but that's sort of like the. That's not the how it began. You you met Brian May first a couple of days ago, uh, a day previous. Yes. At the Sunset Marquee. Pat always does a great job of navigating and bringing it back to parameters we understand. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, because sometimes <laughs> I don't understand. And, no, uh, you do a great job of it, man. And so, I know. Okay, so we're yeah. at the Sunset Marquee. Yeah. And they got the nice brunch there with the cantaloupe at the end. It's yep. very nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. and, uh, and so you're with Brian May. Yeah, man. Oh, that must uh, have been sensational. Totally cool. Now, imagine this guy. He's a lovely man, right? Uh, he's like 6'2", but he's a tall, gangly guy. And he always in mind, had a friend back in the day, a guy named Jim Prowse. I remember, hi, Jim. And Jim was taller than all of us, okay. way taller. But Jim always did this to be the status quo height. Oh, okay, so his whole right. life was, and I kind of got that sense from Brian as well, right? He always was there to, to fit in and good for you, man. But what's Brian? Brian's got the greatest shock of hair, man, in the world. And now it's turned gray and guess who he looks like? <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton. Sir Isaac Newton. Really, and yeah. it's a great thing because in 2007, he got his PhD in astrophysics, man. Yeah, I heard he's, wow. I, I heard he's wow. quite a, a sensational uh, <clears throat> fellow. Yes. I have not met him, Yeah, but you have. And so, so he never travels uh, without 
instrument and guitars and stuff. Yes. So tell me. Well, if you're a guitar player and you're a guitar player, you've got to keep working his fingies. That, that's part of the job. And so right in the middle, and I didn't know this was the coveted Red Special guitar. Now, quickly as an aside, the Red Special was a guitar that Brian May built with his dad because Brian is one of the exceptional guitarists, and what was important to him was, again, we talked a little bit already Van Halen. He wanted the Gibson feel of the hit, but he wanted, big thing for him was the whammy bar. He was big on the tremolo, right? Mm -hmm. And so he and his dad made this guitar. So the Red Special sat there throughout most of their afternoon as we were chatting about all sorts of things uh, uh, about Queen, of course. Sure. And he, yeah. the funny thing about his guitar is he made it. And yeah. very few people uh, do that. But it has such a unique sound. Like when you hear the Queen sound, when you hear Brian May's sound, you know, oh, that's Queen. Yeah. Like you, you pin it right away. Yeah. I always know when Brian has put a bit on somebody else's record. <laughs> you know, even if he hasn't told me, I, I know. I know it's this guitar. I, I love that you say that. And I would, I would further cite, Pat, the fact that they, he was accompanied by Roger Taylor, who is one of the world's greatest drummers. Yeah, the drummer. And Roger had his own connect, because they were great on harmonies, and he was quite a vocalist. And surprisingly, he was also quite the rhythm guitarist. He had his own band there for a while, and he was playing guitar, right? But he's known as a drummer. So that kind of guitar playing, the kind of, you know, several octave high voice of Freddie Mercury, the great drumming. Again, these are the pieces, the aggregate, if you will, to make something really amazing. Oh, yeah. That band uh, yeah. Uh, in its prime was yeah. phenomenal. I got to see them twice. Did you know that Beelzebub has a devil for you, for you, for you? And that was in my mind just before Brian May walked over to that friggin' Red Special, picked it up and said, would you like to hear something? No, Brian, I don't, you know, of course, wow, you kidding? And so there he was, he launches into the chorus of Bohemian Rhapsody, right? And I'm sitting there, gobsmacked, going, wow, if Mrs. Labar could ever see this. Now, Mrs. Labar was my best friend's mom. When, when Doug and I were playing Night at the Opera, way too loud every night, you yeah, know, yeah. it's a 1975 release, so we're kids of this analog 70s, dude. All I remember is the broom hitting the roof. <laughs> the right, right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm waiting for somebody to hit me with a broom. It didn't happen. It was amazing. So, wait a minute. So, Brian May started playing. And and right there, I saw myself like this as Mike Myers in a pacer going. Right. So, so you. Mike Myers, way to do it. No, he really hit something with that song. They brought it back. Because that was every little dude's moment, right? Yeah. That was yeah. that yeah. was everybody's moment. That. Because uh, old timers like Elizabeth and Katie here, the, our millennial shooters, they remember that. Actually, they don't. Okay, so anyhow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay, so so let's think about this timing yeah. wise. Yeah. So. Oh, very right? soon. So Queen sells out their catalog to Disney. Yep. And that's 1990. Yep. Right. Yep. And innuendo. Yeah. I love you guys, but me. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's fair. But then yeah. 92, Wayne's World 92. came out. Brilliant. And it just went stratosphere. Oh, you're right. So we said earlier that catalog in today's dollars would be 150. After that song, what do you win? 300? Oh. After after the Wayne's World? Wait, yeah, that, that would have made their money back. Yeah. That would have yeah. made their money back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because that, that song became, I think, an even bigger hit the second time around. I would think so. That song. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because of that movie. That's phenomenal. Yeah. 
Roger so, Taylor, he dropped in for a little bit. So yeah. you got to see Roger Taylor and Brian May yeah. at yeah. the Sunset Marquee. Roger was fleeting. He was in a pleasant guy. Uh, he just wanted to drop in and say hello, see what was going on. Right. Loved it. Loved the company. Uh, and then he split. But uh, Brian hung out, and Brian said something to me, so prophetic, and I didn't get it. I didn't get it, Pat, until the next night when we went to the Queen Mary party. Okay. And Brian said to me off camera, he said, you know, Tony— Things have changed a lot, a lot for us in the last several months. And, and I didn't oh. know what he was saying to me, Pat, okay? So I'm at the party, and Disney knows how to do a party. Fair enough. I think sure. we can all take that yeah, assessment. Yeah. And so what happened was uh, all the band members were there. Brian was asked to go up on stage, take his red special up, play a tune. You know, Roger Taylor went up, but they also had another drummer accompanying him, which is interesting, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And... Uh, there was no Freddie Mercury, Pat. However, what they did is they had an animatronic figure would sing innuendo. And if any of you have been to Disney World and seen the Hall of Presidents or Pirates of the Caribbean, right, uh, you'll see a, the perfect display of animatronics. They made yeah. a Freddie Mercury animatronic? Yeah, and it was wild because it was translucent. Oh. So you could see all the mechanisms, wire, and it was really quite elegant, actually, kind of surreal. And then the, it dropped for me, Pat. I went... Okay, uh, Mr. Mercury is probably not well because rumors were uh, rampant. Uh, it was the National Enquirer uh, interest at that time, what was happening to Freddie Mercury. Why right. are we not seeing him? Uh, and don't forget, Freddie Mercury, uh, eight months from when we were at the Queen Mary, passed away eight months later. And it wasn't until the night before he died that uh, he went on record and said that he was suffering from AIDS. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and Very pointed, man. It's, it's interesting because it was still in the consciousness of the time uh, that being gay was still outed wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, that, yeah. that consciousness hadn't come in. So to actually come out and say you were dying of AIDS, especially somebody of Freddie Mercury's caliber, that would have been huge. That's, that's an awesome citation, and, and the great thing is that we keep evolving. And if you look at how we describe, you know, we understand gender, or if we talk about different persuasion, we refer to the acronym LGTBQ2 plus community. And what's really interesting is that we evolved the last while, and we've added the two plus. And for those of you who don't know, it means it's First Nations identifying somebody of a different persuasion. And so why I'm saying that is that we keep evolving, we keep getting building better tolerances and better empathy. Um, but at that time in 1990, dare you you say, dare I say, yeah. I had AIDS. You've got the AIDS. Oh God, no way. Yeah, never said that. No, it was no, taboo. No. And so I think huh. I think in the end they handled it the right way. Yeah. What I found out since then is that Brian made both Brian and Roger really, really took it hard. And apparently they took it so hard that Brian May, I think, went on record to say that they've kind of kind of believed they weren't even in Queen anymore. They didn't. They sort of disavowed themselves from it, right, for a period. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing yeah. because they were so hurt by it. And those of you who have had some deep depression or lost somebody you loved, you can empathize. You do these things. It happens, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they're a yeah. unit, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and yeah. Uh, bands, you know, bands mm -hmm. are family. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's fights and there's... All of the 
uh, elements that want to grow and some do and some don't. Uh, but in the end, bands really are that close-knit community that, oh, that evokes a, a who, vibration to And to you know this when you're on the road living with somebody. Man, you become close. You know, a, a week on the road is like living a month or two months at home with somebody. It's yeah. amazing. Because it's condensed, right? Now, I wanted to, to move on to a happier note. And this is this is the great serendipity of the show. Sure. Okay, so one of the guys hanging out with us, because, you know, in, in L.A., it's all about the cool, Pat. It sure is. So we were looking Canuck cool, because we had the Queen Canucks. We were kind of hanging. Michael Williams, myself, Roger, Brian. Looks pretty cool at a big party when they're the feature. Yeah. So one of the movie moguls, modern movie moguls, Michael Eisner joins us, the CEO, chairman, the guy who started the Disney decade in the 90s. Don't forget, he brought it all back with Littlest Mermaid. He's building an empire, more parks, all of that. That's right. This he's, is he's Michael Eisner. So he joins us for cocktails. Oh, he ended up on the boat too. Yes. Oh, well, I guess it's his 10 million, right? So Going into the band. I'm meeting one of the modern movie moguls. That's up there with uh, uh, Katzenberg, Jeremy Katzenberg, uh, Bruckheimer, uh, Spielberg. I met Spielberg once, actually. It was awesome. But these are the moguls of Al. These are the movers and shakers, man, right? So he's yeah. so he's on the boat yes. with, with... Now, do you get to interview him? Did you hang out with him? Did we you were hanging out. We were golfing buddies having a drink. Man, it was wild, right? Really? Yeah. You like the Canuck vibe? Yeah, a totally Canuck vibe. Now, years later, I spent a small fortune in around <laughs> 2013, and I went on, and this is great, man. I went on a Disney cruise, okay? Oh, okay. And I went That's on this. This is the magic. Okay, That's the right. magic. And I actually, see that little, that little magic marker mark? That's the room we stayed at. So it was pretty cool watching sunsets. But uh, I tell you this because... I'm, I'm kind of a gregarious guy. I like to chat a little bit. And so I started chatting to a lot of the uh, the folks who are working the vessel because I find their work is fascinating. And lo and behold, <clears throat> I guess they thought I, I you know, they figured out I, I film rock stars and work with Michael Eisner. And the next thing you know, we suddenly get all this VIP service. <laughs> Every day I'm getting a bouquet of fresh fruit and stuff I never got. I'm getting, I'm getting champagne at night I never paid for. Because I'm looking at a bill, I don't see it, and we're moved to the VIP table. So a lot of the times I'm eating with a captain of the ship now, That's which is crazy. crazy. And Rhonda was there, and she's <laughs> listening, and she heard some of the porters go, "Oh no, no, he's a friend of Michael Eisner." And I went, "Sometimes you just gotta roll with him." Yeah, yeah. Oh, you and him are good buddies. You and Mike. Yeah. So thank you, Mr. Eisner. Awesome. Uh, that was a really great trip, and I did endorse your product. So reciprocity. Thank you. So that's great. Yeah, man. So you got to meet uh, <laughs> yeah. Brian May, yet yeah. another rock and roll legend. Yes. And Roger Taylor. Uh, you yeah. got a thing with drummers, you know? I do. Yeah, right. uh, I love, love that's it. That's cool. Send people on the percussion, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, at the Sunset Marquee. Yeah. And now on the Queen Mary with Michael Eisner. And then the band is playing with a robot. Like, this is, <laughs> if, you, if you put this into a. It's a rock and roll story, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a rock and roll story. Yeah. A robot, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> like, yeah. are you living yeah. in your future? <laughs> and this was yeah. this was 1990. Yeah. And again, you know, in a book, I delve a, into it a little bit deeper on some of the aspects um, that you'll find a very interesting read. But uh, it's part of that the whole the notion the cr selected they're selected essays of the crossroads. This is a crossroad. Think of that juncture. Yeah. What was happening. And uh, it was quite an enlightening story. And a lot of uh, discoveries came a little after. Like a lot of times I told you, I'm in the moment. 
and little time to process it, just time to react, yeah. time to be a person. And then when I have time to distill it, then I can go and go, oh, these are the events that occurred. This is the repercussion that, this is the connection. So pretty cool. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I'm sure those guys really wanted to say what was going on because uh, they were hurting. Oh right? man, but, imagine what, what Brian was carrying there. I Had I known if I might've said it, I could have triggered something. And yeah, and, uh, yeah maybe it was glad, to, maybe it's a good thing it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Tony, again, fascinating, fascinating, you know, stories, robots, boats, guitar legends. uh, Submarines? Submarines. That's another story. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in to Confessions of a Rock and Roll Cameraman. You know, it's always a great tale here. And if you haven't seen our past episodes, I invite Mm -hmm. you to because there's a lot of great content. Thanks for tuning in. Please like and subscribe us on YouTube and also like, subscribe, and tell all your best friends about us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other podcast places that we are in. And there's so many. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.